Welcome to another Principle of Hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Sean DeVries. As always, thanks so much for tuning in. Now, food brings people together and promotes community, and Principle of Hospitality is here to disrupt current perceptions of what the hospitality industry can achieve in today's ever-evolving and challenging environment. And now, that's why we've partnered with Chef's Hat, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia for this season of Poe. Our next guest, Christy Tanya, is the owner and head chef of Glace Dessert Artisanal, born and bred in Melbourne and has grown to incorporate two stores with an international influence showing through its techniques. They believe in transparency throughout all their ingredients and products and with their continuous efforts in using the highest quality ingredients in their, in their product range, yields the creation of superior dessert creations. Born in Indonesia, being trained the classical skills of patisserie in France and settling and starting a brand in Melbourne, I can't wait to hear Christy's story. Hey, Christy, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much, Sean, and thank you so much for having me here. Hey, it's an absolute absolute pleasure. Now, when we when we talked um, when we talked the other week, um, we t- we probably talked for longer than I thought we were going to talk for. But it was, <laughs> it's almost a podcast in itself. But it was so great to learn um, more about your about your experience and how you got into the industry. You're such a passionate passionate advocate um, for the industry as a whole. So, how about we start out? You know how you actually got into it and how the brand got started in the hospitality yeah. itself. it's actually yeah. quite an accident so um i was a business consultant so mm-hmm. i was, i was born in indonesia and i did my college in singapore okay um, i graduated with a, a business administrations bachelor in business administrations and i went off to become a business consultant with ibm mm-hmm. so with ibm yes correct. wow so i was part of the, what they call it the manage uh, uh, the blue team you know the management trainee yes and um we were trained to at that time global business service ibm was the biggest consulting service in the world mm-hmm. and so i worked there for four years and um it i got i mean like uh, <laughs> I'm, I was really good at it in the sense <laughs> that I was really good at it, that I was just like pretty bored, you know? Like, yes. so when I was bored, um, I, I it's, it, it's just like, I think in my blood that I want to be something, I want to be both competitive and mm. artful at the same time. Yes. So um, I did marathon and I hurt my back and wow. eventually I couldn't do anything. So, but the boredom is still there. And I said, okay, let me do something. And I started to bake. So I self-taught myself and um, in, I started to sell wedding cakes. I started to sell the, while still working in IBM. Wow. So like I'll knock off at like 6 p.m., 7 p.m. And I just put my bag and I start baking till wee in the morning. Gosh. And um, to the point that it was so successful, the business, that I made as much money doing um, the cakes than, being, <laughs> than as the youngest project manager. Wow. In Southeast Asia with IBM. Yes, at that time. And um, so eventually my mentor pulled me aside at that time. So all of us has a mentor, right? Like my associate yes. partner. Um, he called me and he said like, okay, Chrissy, what do you want to do now? So you have to, you're, you're on a, a, um, a branch, you know, like you're in a fork. So whether you go and take an MBA, mm. um, he was the interviewing panel for um, Wharton University. So he right. said, like, just score your GMAT, you know, like, and yes. I'll train you. You'll get there, get an MBA and go for the next step. And that's what's the next step for consulting. Mm-hmm. Or do something about your business. Yeah. You know, like be an entrepreneur, you know, like if you do something about it. 
So I thought about it and I just felt like, oh, I don't think I have enough base. I don't think I have enough groundwork to do. To to yes, I know how to run a business. Yeah. But I don't, from my experience being a business um, strategy consultant. Yeah. But I don't know about the product yet, which right. is baking. I was self-taught, you know, nothing mm. much. So I said, like, okay, I need to do a bit of a, a soul searching. You can say, you know, like, and I need to go um, learn from the best. Mm-hmm. So I decided to go to France. And yeah. what what made you make that decision to go to France? Um, <laughs> why why well, not why not go somewhere closer to home? That's the thing. It's like you can call it like a soul searching. Basically, right. I was telling myself, all right, let's go to a place where I could um, immerse myself in it, concentrate in it without any outside noise in a right. sense preferably in a country where i couldn't speak the language <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's quite crazy right and then i was that's like awesome. that's that's a bit hard because like i speak bahasa i speak english and i speak a little bit of chinese mm. and um i was thinking of like france all right let's go france and mm-hmm. then when i went to france i was looking at the school as well and they have you know you have le cordon bleu you have oliver bajar mm. in, in, in paris and i went like well, I'm going to burn all my saving if I ever be in Paris just because it's such a beautiful city. Yeah. So, no. And then at that time, Alain Ducasse, which is basically like the godfather of hospitality, yes. decided to open um, this school, which is for all the moths, you know, the three-color color um, mm-hmm. chefs, you know, yes. like the best of the best of yes. France to train for pastry. Mm. Um, and they just opened this program. Okay. And in a little, town called Isangju really uh-huh. it's like around five hours from Paris wow so I don't know why I just went like I'll go there <laughs> you think being a consultant I will do a little bit yes. more research uh, I think I was just like I just want to I just want to have a change of scenery and I just went like yeah at that time the, the program was six months mm-hmm and I thought to myself, like, look, this is an experience that is, I know it's crazy, it's wild, but mm-hmm. six months, um, if it's not for me, I could always go back. Sure. And I have this skill yep. that turned out, I'm still using till today, this mm. consulting skill. So mm. I'm like, yeah, why not? Let's just, let's just try it. Yeah. yeah. And so how old, how old were you at that time? 24. That just, I was wow. 24. Yeah. That's ballsy. And you, did you know anyone in France? No, no. Like I still remember when I went off to like the, we landed at Lyon airport. I landed at Lyon airport and was like, I know nobody. I don't understand the <laughs> language. And I just have this map like crudely drawn from the, from the school of like where wow. to find the bus. It was, it was insane. But looking back, I thought like, well, you know, that's the beauty of being young. Yes. I think, yeah. yellow, right? You're just going to take a risk, right? You, you just got to take a risk. Yeah. And I just kept thinking that in my head, like, look, worst come to worst, I have something to fall back on. So, like, mm. I think, um, yeah, just I was just like, let's just do it. It's, it's not, I will not say that it's a risk in a mm. sense mm-hmm. because the risk is kind of low Yeah, if you really think of it. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, so. yeah. That's why I just did it. So how long were you there for? So obviously you done. You did six months of training. Yeah, right? I did in the end all, all almost two years that wow. I was there. Yeah, okay. so almost almost two years. So yeah. um, then I went back. Um, then I met my partner there. Wow, <laughs> who is Australian. Okay, and um, I work from Isangju. I graduated and I work in Paris. I worked in Ritz, mm-hmm. and um, 
So he was on a work holiday visa and then he sort of asked me like, hey, do you want to come back with me to Australia? Mm-hmm. So again, that same principle applied to my head, right? Like I'm still young, you know, and I haven't, um, I'm see, I've seen, you know, Europe-esque sort of. Yep. Um, and I thought like, let's go and try, you know, yeah. like if it's yeah. not successful, if mm. it's not, not for me, now I know I could even go back to France if I want to. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. with that in mind, I'm just like, let's go and try. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So you, so you're in France for a little bit of time. Then you decide you want to come to Australia. Yeah. And you'd never been to Australia before or you had? I had, but that was like when I was nine. I think. <laughs> all I can think of is just like one of brothers. So like, <laughs> that's all. Gold Coast. That's all I, I could remember of Australia. Oh, seriously, like kangaroo and things like that. So yeah, right. never really... So went here again, blind, not right. knowing anyone. Into know. Melbourne? Into Melbourne. Right. And the best part was that my partner is like a regional country pumpkin. <laughs> so <laughs> it's also his first time to move to Melbourne. So oh, both wow. of us like- So you're both in it together? Both like, no, nothing, you know, yeah, <laughs> Melbourne. Right. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty interesting, not looking back, yeah. <laughs> so what did you do when you first came here, like work-wise? So um, I applied for- uh, a pastry chef position at Vudemont. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And I remember that I got the job um, before I even have an apartment, you know, like <laughs> my name. There. Was just, I, I stayed in um, this really small, um, not small actually, this big house, this big house that um, belonged to my partner's family's friend. Right. You know, and we were house sitting there. That was like a really big house. <laughs> All you got to do is just like live there, uh, stay there and feed the cat. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds good. Yes. Yeah, so that's that's just what happened. So I started there. So I come here, work at Vidmont. Okay. That's the first job that I had. Yeah. And uh, your partner's in the industry, obviously in the industry as well. Is he a dessert? Is he a dessert chef? Or yeah, a he's, chef? he's a dessert, basically okay. pastry chef. We call, um, uh, yeah, we call ourselves pastry chef, even though we make desserts, not just pastry. Yeah. And um, now the business, we have the business together. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. I'm the fun part. <laughs> 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 how did you, how did you if we can go back? I'd love to talk about Vidimon. Like, how did you find that um, coming to that brand? I mean, that was you know was one of the pinnacle restaurants in in, in Victoria. I'm 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 not gonna lie. It's hard. You know, yeah. it was hard because like I had the chance of being at both Vidimon and Jacques Raymond when I started. Wow. Like you know, and um, bear in mind I came from. Paris and mm. I work at Les Padon, which mm-hmm. is like the two Michelin star mm. hotel. Mm. And so when I went to Vidamon, I thought like I know my game. Yes. You know, like I know my game. Mm-hmm. I've I've worked in in, in um, fine dining restaurants and this is the pinnacle of fine dining in Melbourne. So yep. I thought and the name is Vidamont. Yes. You know, like it's like French, it's right? French, so yeah. I thought like uh, I'm I'm in the zone. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's right. completely different. And then like even till now, till today, I I realized that we are at a different, uh, um, still at a different page, you know, like the culinary scene in Australia and in Europe, even like France or like UK, um, even dessert. Dessert is a lot more behind. That's the way I, I feel it. You know? In and Australia? In Australia. Interesting. It, we're catching up, but we're still we're still behind, you know, like the understanding on on the reception towards dessert and yes. what it is. Yes. You know, so what considered plated dessert, what considered like um, petit gâteau, even when you consume dessert and mm. the reason why you consume dessert, mm. still not, 
you know, it's still kind of different. I found out that in Australia, um, people eat dessert because or like cakes because they celebrate something. Sure. Right. I mean, yep. like um, at least in Asia, you know, like when where, where I was born and raised, and and in Europe where I went. People eat cake because it's Tuesday. <laughs> it's something like that. So that's something that is still, um, yeah, I think that is a bit different. Like from, from and that's because of that. Uh, mm. uh, when I went and started at Vidumont, I just went and looked at the plate and I went like, um, well, like it's like 10 years after now. So I was like, I just felt that we were trying a bit too hard. Right. To yeah. be something, to be something that it wasn't, or to be, to be, was it trying to be what Europe was, and therefore people weren't understanding that, or we were trying too hard in terms of like the texture and the taste, okay. you know. And then when I okay, put it this way, when I was, um, I kept telling people, yes, I'm classically trained in mm. France, and that has a lot of positives, and I do realize that also have a lot of negatives. Okay. The positive that I see it is the the lesson to respect your ingredients and the lesson to respect taste and texture. Mm-hmm. So, which means that doesn't mean more ingredients, it's better. Doesn't mean that you use so many techniques that it's better. Yeah. You know, like it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's the respecting of the taste and the palate. Mm. And sometimes it, it comes from the simplest thing. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and, and being in France also, we were really spoiled with the amount of um, fruit, you know, the fresh fruit and vegetable and things like that. Yeah. So, um, so for them, like, if it's good, don't process it. Yes. You know, like it's, it's, it's yeah. yeah. So that's what Refine I meant. We it were, a bit. Yeah, we mm. were trying a little bit too hard that on, on a plate, I was quite confused that you can have like 12, 13 components. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, is that how it how it is here? And going forward, now that I look back to my journey from then till now, I went through that journey as well, mm. where I thought like, oh, maybe if I put 13 things on my plate, that's what people want. And I did. And right. refining yeah. myself again. And then now I kept finding myself going back again and again to the time that when I was in France. Yes. Instead of, you know, yeah, I just keep going back to that and ask my question is like, is this actually apart from the noises around us you know like this is the current technique this is how mm. it calls but is this would you be happy eating it on a tuesday yes That's basically my questions yeah <laughs> so so if i'm to go a bit deeper here like why do you think that was that you were trying to put 13 different elements or ingredients or different techniques on a plate mm-hmm. here in australia where you weren't doing that in france do you think it's because like when when people talk about what is australian cuisine it's mm. it's it's a lot of different things now. Yeah. Do you think it's because of that and people don't have, you know, the sort of tram tracks that, that European countries do in saying this is how it is and, and this is how we're going to do it and don't deviate too much from that and we just have a lot of more opportunity for experimentation in Australia so therefore yeah, there's I kind guess, of, you know. I guess the biggest thing is that we're trying to find our identity. Yeah. You know, and like everybody who's gone through this like I said even myself put 13 just think of it like a teenagehood right yes and you put so many things on yourself and then it's just trying to find what works for you and because you're trying to impress Mm -hmm. at the end of the day Mm -hmm. so we are still new and we're still um back then you know like in the culinary industry we were still new we were still trying to impress ourselves by 
by showing that oh this is a technique that we learn like what you said technique we learn yeah. from the UK from France and things and just try to mush it together on a plate yes but by doing so you're just sort of like so who are you you know in yeah. the sense and 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 that's what I found about this twelve or thirteen different mm. things on a plate and mm-hmm. and I just realized like that was confusing sometimes I look back to like what I did you know seven eight years ago and I say like why why did I do that yeah because just because I can. Yes. Like, yeah. So how did you get that clarity? And, uh, and understanding that you needed a refinement and a less is more kind of approach, I suppose. I think it's time. Right. You know, like eventually it's time as yes. well. Yeah. And then, um, you know, like at that time, everybody wants to be different. And, and that's why, well, if you put 10 things, I'm going to put 11. So I'll be different, <laughs> okay? So like it's, it's, it's kind of like that. Yes. Uh, but there is a saying, you know, like I think I, I got a lot better ever since I opened Glass A. Mm. So like, mm-hmm. like four years ago. Okay. Focus will be four years ago. Yeah. So, um, you know, there was a saying that, and it's also happened, I believe it's so, so much coming up from Indonesia as well, mm. that sometimes limitations um, increase, like creativity. It helps creativity. Yes. Um, and when I started Glass A, obviously it's a, pastry shop right mm. like it's a dessert shop so it's mm-hmm. not like um a, a plated dessert where you can put 13 components and just pr- your your trip is just from kitchen and 10 meters to the table yeah so there's a limitation to that so first it has to fit in something that is seven centimeter tall you know like, yes. like open less and five centimeter wide you know yes. like and it has to fit in that and it has to survive people going it back to home, mm-hmm. whatever tran- mode of transportation they take, you know, yes. like, um, bus, tram, or mm-hmm. car. So with that being limited, it makes you think of like, what can I take out? You know, like I yeah. obviously cannot fit 10 or 12. So mm-hmm. what do I take out without taking out the experience of this dessert and without taking out what I want to convey yeah. in this dish? Yeah. So, um, and I did. And it was now... Because of that, it just makes me realize that, like, hey, I don't need 13 things in this. I just need three or four. Wow. And still manage to express myself and mm-hmm. convey myself, mm-hmm. if not better and clearer than I did before. Yeah, right. So now, even now, when people ask me to, like, oh, Chrissy, can you do a, a, um, a plated dessert? Yes. I will not deviate more from that now. You know, right. like, I will just, like, take some of the cakes, some of the combinations that... I know work mm-hmm. work really really well mm. and and go from there. Yeah, yeah. So because I just think like I'm not gonna impress anyone. No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, no I'm not gonna try to impress. Yeah, anyone. yeah, I'm yeah. just going to like because because I know it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that understanding that you actually know it works right now because yeah. you've had the experience. Um. So how did Glass Aid come about? Obviously four years ago, but how did how did you make that decision? Uh, with your partner as well, that you wanted to do your own store? All right. So um, it's quite funny. I never really ventured this in detail, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, um, maybe it's a time I should commemorating, like, almost, you know, that, that this has been a, a while. Yep. So um, everybody's been asking me, like, why don't you start a business? Why don't you start a business? Okay. You know, because then I become the head chef for um, Omnom Dizit Bar. I mm-hmm. open and open and, and had, had it for... Since two thousand, sorry, since two thousand thirteen, right? Yeah, since two thousand thirteen to two thousand sixteen, mm-hmm. I went to Master Chef 
um, all the way through for every year. Right. I knew everybody in the industry already, you know, um, and even my parents, like, why don't you try this, you know, like, and, and I was just sort of a little bit scared, I guess, at of that course. time. Yeah. Because the fact is that, like, again, um, I'm not an Australian. I was, uh, you know, I'm not an Australian. I yep. still felt like I was an outsider. Interesting. Uh, all I knew about this place was just the industry. Right. Which is now that having a business, well, you need to know a lot more yes. than just the industry. You need to know the people, actually. You need to understand that. Mm-hmm. So I just felt like I, I'm still a bit blind in that. So I was mm-hmm. still just unsure about myself. Da, 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 da. Just mm-hmm. basically finding reason for myself to do so. So eventually then I moved moved on. Instead of opening my business, I moved on to Langham Hotel. So I become the executive head pastry chef over there. Amazing. Yeah, they basically made a position for me. To mm-hmm. be there, um, and I was there for three months. Like I, I from the beginning, I just basically tell them it either it's going to work or it won't. Sure. So um, three months, and I went and like, it didn't, oh, yeah. it's not going to work. <laughs> so I'm just going to quit. Yes. And you think by then that I would start my own business, right? Yes. I mean, like it's by then. <laughs> that's I the pinnacle won't. moment. Yeah, that's yes. pinnacle moment. You know, like uh, um, uh, but uh, I was offered the positions for being a consultant as well for this company. Interesting. Like, not gonna mention it because, like, people will know. So, being a, a, a consultant for this company, and I just realized that people that's also when I realized people don't understand what we wanna do. Mm. People still don't understand. They said, like, oh, we wanna do this, you wanna do this. And then when I said, this is what we do, no, it is not that. Like, mm. it reminds me, there's still so many times also my friends who come from France and become pastry chef over here, I told them that people still don't understand us. To the point that I got sacked. Right. Yeah. I got sacked as a consultant. Never in my life, right? I'm an overachiever, crazy agent. You can say that. <laughs> like it's in my DNA, you know, okay. like it's, it's just in my DNA. Yeah. So never in my life I would ever thought of getting fired. Yeah. From a position. So because I basically tell them, this is not how you do it. This is not how you do this, da, 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 da. Um, so you're just too opinionated? Yeah, basically. Right. I'm too opinionated, but you hired me to tell you how to run yes. a dessert <laughs> yes. place, which I have successfully done for a yes. long time. Yes. But then because it's not what you think it is, mm. then I got fired, right? Right. Um, so I remember it was my partner's birthday and, and I got fired after working for like w- more than 12 hours in that place yeah. uh, that day. Yes. And I just look at him and I went like, okay, if people don't understand, maybe I have to show them. Nice. And that's when I called my dad and I said like, you know what? I think I'm going to start my own business. And he was like, well, about time. <laughs> <laughs> if you know your parents are saying you should start a business, then it's probably yeah, it's the right thing time, to do. You yes. know, like um, I think that's the the the, the shove that I need. Mm. So sometimes, you know, like you you, well, it it came okay. It came like this when I got fired. I was like so angry. I was mm. in denial. I was mm. just like being angry, being sad, being offended, and then eventually, like, what do you want to do with it? And yeah. then do you. And then I went to like, well, I could sue. Yeah. To be sure. honest, at that time, or I could do something for myself. And right. I decided to do something for myself. Right. So, how did it come about? The, uh, obviously, the first site was in Windsor. 
Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's a kitchen and our first shop. Yeah. Right. So you active. You guys went actively looking for sites, or did someone offer that to you? Or no, no. no I went actively looking for sites. Yeah. And nice. even looking back now, you know, like we we learn a lot. I learned a lot. You know, mm. like so much because at that time I still told my partner like, oh, okay, don't worry. You know, like he had his job still at that time, and mm. I said like, if you, I can do it myself if I want to. Mm-hmm. And he looked at me and he went like, okay, chefy. He called me chefy. Right? <laughs> like. Well, chef means boss in France, so yes. I'm glad he knows. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just um, but he's like, well, chef, look, I mean, like, um, I'm gonna be as involved in this business as yep. possible because I care about you and I love you, and mm. I'm in the, I'm in the industry as well, so might as well, you know. Like, and he Cooks. said, if you don't want me to be here as the owner because you just still want to learn a little mm. bit, it's like I'll work for you, you know. Like, mm. and and eventually. If it doesn't work, I can always work for someone else. Yeah, of course. So, but I learned a lot. I mm-hmm. learned so much uh, um, from finding the site, um, doing the uh, the lease as well, and the building. So yeah. that I was still a baby. Like I didn't even understand at all. Now looking back, I'm like, what the hell was I doing? <laughs> was it a kitchen before? No, it was just a concrete. It was just plain. <laughs> it was really, it, it was nothing. It was nothing what, there. What made you pick that particular location? Uh well, first of all, it's because it's close to the city, yes, in a sense. Most definitely. Um, yeah, so I've, I've always had a thought in my head that I'm not going to just stop at one shop. Right. Um, and I want to expand to a little bit more mm-hmm. than one shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I need to find, and that place was quite big. Yes. Area. Yeah, it's a big area. Uh, and I need a kitchen. Yep. Um, and that's just accessible to everywhere. Mm-hmm. And that place already had the permit for food, which is like, oh, had a permit for really? food, but there's nothing inside. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. So the developer who built it basically wanted it to become a cafe. Right, okay. Okay. Yeah, because okay. It's underneath. Hence the size. Yeah, hence yeah. the size. Okay. Yeah, but we decided to just make it. Now it's mostly just the kitchen. Right. There. Yeah. We're growing, we're growing. So um, majority is just the kitchen there. Okay. So how did it come about that the second site came in Emporium in the city? Well, the site, that one was Zumbo. Yes. You know, like the site was belonged to Zumbo. Mm. And I remember that I was just walking along and then at that time, I think Zumbo announced that he closed everything a day before Christmas or something, two days before Christmas. Yeah. Like really, really. Um, he announced it and I just looked at my partner and went like, I want to take his spot, you know, like, and then he went, which one? The one in the Emporium. Said, yeah. Are oh, you mad? I don't know. Let's just find out, you know, yep. like, and I didn't know anybody. I didn't know the leasing manager. I didn't know anyone. Well. <laughs> I actually called the concierge, you know, like in Emporium. And I went, hey, I want to ask about the space upstairs. You called the concierge. Yeah. Like and I was like, who's the leasing manager? And they gave me the name and I emailed this guy. Mm-hmm. And I think he came back to me on the 27th of December. Like, like right. the day after Boxing Day. Okay. It was like, it was super let's keen. get this. Yeah. You know, okay. Let's get this. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it just happened like that. It, it happened so quick. And then that's also, and I also learned from there. You know, like I believe that for every lease that I signed, every, mm. every build, every fit out that I did, I learned something. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's, that's, that's how it came about. It's just something that just popped and I just asked, why not? <laughs> yeah, because it's a it's a very it's different like, site. Seems like the story of my life. Something <laughs> pops, and like, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Feels right at the time. Yeah, because yeah, it, it's a very uh, the Emporium site's a very interesting site. You know, like 
going upstairs and that kind of stuff. Like, but you, everyone can see you. Like, it's the positive thing. It's such an such an open well, kind of venue, right? As being a kiosk. Yes, and yeah. that's what I think the benefit is being yeah. a kiosk. And and you know, the first one was a shop, and I realized that like, and that's also why I said I still live in a bubble. I still live right. in a box where it was like in in France. Everybody has a shop, right? Yes. And um, working also, having worked at destination places before that, mm. which means you go there, like I said, you go there because it's Tuesday or you go there because like, you know, you feel like having a cake, you know, and yeah. things like that. Mm. Um, and being also op- like opened, having opened like Omnom at that time mm. and working in like destination restaurants. So I always had experience being a destination place. So I yeah. thought like wherever I am, someone's going to come. Yes. But then I forgot, this is where I, we're circling back to what I said before, where mm. you need to also understand the market really well. Yes. And what you are offering, you know, like at the end of the day, I realized, okay, I'm selling dessert. It is a very um, impulse purchase. Mm. It's not like if you go, it's all along I've worked in restaurants in which is a destinations because that, that and it's completed by dessert. Yes. But when you just sell dessert yes. and you don't have a big name for yourself yet, mm. you really need to be at a prominent place. Mm. As, let's say that. And it's it has to point. be in an impulse. It is impulse purchase too. So yes. even let's say that I put it at a shop in a busy area, mm. you know, um, you still have to be committed to go in, you know, to put your foot into the shop. And yep. because some people feel like, ah, oh, no. So many people pass our shop and just looking in because they mm. don't feel like they want to commit to buy. Yes. So that's why I said like a kiosk. All right, let's get a kiosk because yep. at least people walk past and see what we sell. Mm-hmm. And I negotiated with Emporium, with vicinity that um, I want to have that space, but I must have seats because also this is cake. You yes. Know? Like people, you want to sit down and enjoy you it. You want to sit down mm. to enjoy it. Even mm-hmm. if it's just 10 seats, I don't care. I want to have seats. Mm. And I want to sell coffee. Yes. You know, and they went like, sense. are you crazy? You know, like, <laughs> da, 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 why do you want to sell coffee? Because mm. T2 just right in front of you, you know, yes. and tea and things like that. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, this is when I put myself in my customer's point of view. I yep. just shop for the whole entire day. I mm. need to, I just need something sweet, you know. I yep. just need to sit down with whoever that I was shopping with. I just need yep. to straighten, straighten my leg is one thing. I just want to have um, tea and cake. And yep. that's what we got. So, wow. so that's basically what the agreement that I had with them. And I know it's quite different. And people say like, "Oh, it's a kiosk. It's not like a shop." I'm mean like, "Hey, at the end of the day, I'm still a business person. I'm looking for money here." Yeah. No? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, we're not here to make friends. We're here yeah, to make money. Yeah. Here, so. Yeah. So is is that sort of because obviously you know you've said a couple of times like the the two shops are very different. Like, is that part of your plan if you want to grow more sites? Is that you want to be, you know. Uh, a chaos type environment yes. in shopping centers. Okay. Yeah, not necessarily shopping centers, mm. but I mean, um, but looking at the way Melbourne is going right now, it's yep. still the place where there is a high food traffic, yes. and and we are pushing the envelope enough for people to start understanding what we are doing. Yeah. And appreciating the price that we are paying right now. Mm-hmm. But of course, in the culinary industry. Um, I, I still feel that we are still underrepresented okay. in dessert mm-hmm. to be a destination thing, to be, again, going back to, like, a Tuesday thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Unless that you are there on people's face. Mm-hmm. 
So until that happens, the strategy means that we have to be there. We have to we have to bring ourselves to as many to as many faces as possible. Yep. So you have yeah. to be in high traffic areas. Yes, correct. Yeah, understand. Um what's been like a couple of the biggest challenges being a small business owner? I mean, obviously you've been around for four years having yeah. these you know, now two stores. Yeah. Um we're throwing COVID in there and stuff yeah. like that as well. Like obviously we almost last year was a challenge. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay. We almost had three. I okay. pulled out like um, just at the beginning of COVID. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. That's probably maybe a blessing. That's a blessing. Yeah. You know, um, but it also means that our growth stunt. You know, yeah. like it's it's what our um, five years plan mm. is pushed. Mm-hmm. And now, like when we want to restart it again, the question is like, when when do you want to do it? Yeah. I guess that's a big like, COVID is a big challenge. But believe me or not. The hardest, the hardest, hardest, hardest challenge was the to begin was was to start being being an immigrant, you know, like mm. not really understanding the the rule of the games, you know, yep. and things like that. It mm-hmm. is um, quite hard. And then because, like I said, yeah, I might know the product, I might know how to run the business, but I don't know how to build, you know, how to, I don't know how to fit out, I don't know what's the deal with like yeah. building things here and things yes. like that even the taxes to learn about things you know like so that on top of each other the rules of like outgoings council rights and mm-hmm. things so it took me a while to to grab my head around it sure so i think that's quite the challenge because once you understand that even during COVID, you could um mitigate mm. you could mitigate your losses in a sense and mitigate your um whatever plan you know that you have to pull back sure yeah how did you how did you learn all those skills we we looking we looking back on your previous history as a consultant with ibm and thinking that as the way of strategy and you sort of learn you'd learn all those other sort of nuances about australian tax and 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 property and that kind of stuff as you as you went or did you lean on some different people so i just think that Lesson number one that I can keep telling people is like you need to prioritize, you know, mm. and and you need to prioritize your resources. And yeah. the resources we're not just talking about money, but it's also your time. Sure, right. And then once you do that, you need to learn also to delegate. Mm. So that's the two things. Mm-hmm. So the first thing is that you know when you come in to the hospitality business, and like what I said just now, it's very noisy especially in Melbourne, right? 100%. Everybody wants to be different. Everybody yeah. wants to be the most Instagrammable. Everybody yeah. wants to be the loudest, yeah. right? But you have this finite amount of resources, both in time and in money. Mm. So if you have this many amount of, this much amount of money, initially I spent like, oh, okay. Being, bear in mind, being someone who was in MasterChef before and um, I was in multiple, you know, like radios to mm. interview me. I was in so many gigs and things like that. People yep. pay for whatever, you know, like I asked for and things. Yes. So it, initially in my head, the first thing that I will say, like I will told myself is that, okay, let's invest quite a lot in marketing you yep. know, like and things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I just hire like a simple accountant to do, mm-hmm. to do my taxing. Sure. And it was a year, almost a year later that my tax was all over the place. Like right. I was catching up. Like I basically spent coffee to catch up everything, you yep. know, like on, on um, my reconciliations and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I realized that like, hey, having a look at it, if you really think of it, if I'm going to spend $6,000 a year, let's say, you know, like 
Now, the importance of spending 6,000 in marketing and 6,000 in tax, uh, mm. sorry, in, in accountant and good accountant, I'm like, I spend it on an accountant. Yes. <laughs> That's what I will It's peace just, of mind, isn't it? it? It's not only that, but when mm. I speak to my current accountant and also then understand your resources, which is your time, mm. and sometimes also like your capacity to understand this, understand which one you can delegate and which one you can actually control yourself, you know, mm. like, and having that knowledge. So... I remember I called this accountant and then he came to me and they, I said like, okay, your bookkeeper um, going to lodge everything for me, but he's going to sit down with me for yep. at least like half a day and he's mm -hmm. going to explain to me how to reconcile, how to do everything from the scratch. Nice. So, and then I'm just like, don't go easy on me. Just like- Yeah, tell me how it is. Tell me how it is. Yep. Tell me how it goes. Mm -hmm. And he did. So I did. <laughs> My brain was like hot at that time. But I told him like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to reconcile everything. I'm going to do all my taxes, my POIG and everything like that. All you do is just do the wash, you know, like in yes. every quarter. Mm -hmm. And you have to tell me if I did something wrong and you lodge it. Right. You know, and then we have these conversations once every three months. Sort Smart. of like what we're going to do next. Mm -hmm. And that helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. That really helped me a lot to rectify what I did before, you know, like and and to understand the the law and the country yeah. and things. Yeah, um, that's one. And then also like um, the building and everything like that. And when we were talking about the feed out for Emporium and even the third shop, almost the third shop, mm -hmm. even though it didn't go through, we learned a lot, a lot, a lot in terms of like negotiating the building. But then that's also when it comes to my head and I went, okay, time. I, I need to do my accounting. I need to do so many things. At this time, I'm also consulting for, um, I'm an F&B consultant for mm -hmm. this multinational group. Yep. I took that role. Mm -hmm. And I look at my partner and I went like, look, you have been very strong, you know, in the kitchen and in operational. I need to start delegating things. Yes. I know this is not your forte. I'm going to teach you how to do Yep. You know, like the accounting. So he started to took over the accounting and then I'm going to basically make you my operational director. You know, like right. and you need to understand about the building as well, yep. about the feed out. So when you I just need to know, you need to explain to me in the plainest possible mm -hmm. um what is needed. Yep. And I can tell you because then I'll be on a third party sort of like not in this why I think that work and why I think it doesn't work. Yeah. So it kind of helped, you know, like when you have not just your head buried in a sand. Sure. You're actually giving you it have, to someone else as well. You're giving it to mm. someone else. The benefit is that person learn as well. Mm -hmm. And then you do not have as many things on your plate. True. And gives you the benefit of being able to look into your business from a third party point of view. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's really, really important for some, like, you know, for business people, especially people who are, really like need neck deep into their business yeah to get someone else to look at it into the third from a third party point of view yeah yeah i totally agree and that's the benefit of you know consultants right but i yes, think correct. i think if um um i think if your partner's doing that it's it's understanding you know and and yeah. him understanding you know the different parts of the business and different things that are in your head um you know as you're but thinking about scaling the brand it's too, almost right? like i'm i'm my own consultant Yes. I'm my own business consultant. Yeah, so like you're in operation and then yep. I'll tell you, you know, like yeah. well, looking at the outer world and then coming mm. back in. And mm -hmm. and I'm grateful for that because yep. you need an advocate for your own um business, you need yeah. a consultant for your own business. Yeah. Absolutely. How do you um 
Um, how do you stand out in a dessert market in Melbourne? Um, it is, it is a, it is a, uh, you know, everyone thinks you know Melbourne's a massive market, but we're yep. in Australia, like yep. we're we're in yep. a small market, mm. and now in the last ten years, like desserts have really upscaled in yep. their quality and 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 that kind of thing. Um, so how do you how do you stand out and be traditional and and be classical and push the boundaries and do all those things? So my my mantra is like. Um, you stay classic with your flavor. Okay. You, know, you stay classic with your flavor. You stay classic with. Um, I mean, when I'm say classic, doesn't mean it's boring. Yeah. You know, like yeah. um, it goes back to the, the the true flavor. If you have a really, if the season is really amazing, raspberry of this season is really amazing, like a, a mandarin or something. You stay true to that. You know, yes. say what's in the season, what works, um, and be experimental in your presentations mm-hmm. in your look. Mm-hmm. Just think of it like how we all want to, uh, um, as people, right? Like we, we interact and things like that, that everybody just want a good insight. Mm-hmm. But it's like how we present ourselves differently that makes it who we are. Of course. Right? So that's also how my cake's about. So I have a cake that looks like a rat, you know, like a ratatouille. <laughs> you know, it looks like a rat with a, with a chef's hat. I have a um, that looks like an ox. I have one that looks like a bear, you know, and, and mushrooms and things like that. So it's just... Um, the whimsical part comes in and it's something more than to meet the eye. Interesting. Because again, it's going back to that impulse thing. Yeah. Like uh, if you're in a kiosk, I have five seconds to grab your attention. Absolutely. Right. And so how do I make it and still not making it look tacky or quiche? Yeah. So there's a fine line, right? (laughs) Yeah. It's a very fine line to make it look like that. Yeah. So, and that's when I push the envelope and then also the more, and I need to balance out something that catch people's eyes. So it has to catch your eye Mm -hmm. enough for you to stop whatever Mm. you're doing Mm -hmm. and look at it and read it and read the descriptions. Yep. And, if the flavor is something that you know you like, yeah, it's like you'll be interested to get it because, like, hey, if I'm gonna spend fourteen dollars, you know, mm. on a cake, but I don't know I'm going to like it or not, I'm not going to get it. Yes, but it's fourteen dollars and it's a, a, a let's say it's a raspberry chocolate and a coconut. Hey, I know I would like that. Yes, you know, so I know that I'm going to enjoy it. So that's one. So it has to taste something that is familiar yes. with a look that is different. Mm-hmm. So. That's how, and then second, like I said, it has to fit in that seven times five centimeter kind of like shape. Yes. Um, it has to be uh, sturdy enough for people to bring home in summer and in winter. It's a massive challenge. Yeah. So, and then even the packaging, I have to think of the packaging, you know, mm-hmm. like the box and everything to make people that it is still cost effective for us. Yeah. Um, and it's, pretty enough for people like so they can carry around with it mm-hmm. and and but holding these things you know like good yeah so there's a lot of things to consider when people say so what do what makes us makes us stand out it's it's not just to look i think it's the whole um yeah it's the the whole thing whole experience it's the whole experience of, mm. of, of of and the whole thought that we put into a cake mm-hmm. so that's what i mean like we push the envelope when i first started the business i I sold my cake for ten dollars a piece, right. and then now we're at like thirteen dollar ninety. Yes, and nobody ever asked. You Isn't know, it like, funny how that happens. Yes, and then like in um, public holiday, I raised it by fifteen percent. Yep. So and and I still remember when I first started, people said like, "Really, <laughs> someone's gonna buy, buy a cake for like 
ten dollars. Yeah, like this size. Mm-hmm. Um, now nobody's nobody asked that because like you look at that cake and you went like, "Whoa, that's a lot of like technique and skill yeah. you need yes. to use that." So yeah, yeah, right. Oh, this is my money. You know, like um. Do you, think that's, okay. do you think that's just understanding from consumers now that they watch things like MasterChef, or do you think it's because there's more, there is more dessert of fantastic quality in the market now that people can sort of understand? They're happy to go from ten dollars to what is now thirteen ninety for um, an amazing I quality think product. A bit of everything. Okay. I mean, like even lockdown helps. You yeah, know, like right. it, it makes people like you know people have a minimum spending when they go right yep. like to restaurants, and then it's just helping them to teach like that that. Hey, opening a hospitality business is not cheap, and they yes. start to understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's people start to see Instagram helps. Obviously, people start to see like what is there overseas, you know, and 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 um, appreciate that we can have it as well in Melbourne. But all in all, I mean, like I, I remember, like my partner, he was eating our cake. <laughs> we taste test our cake a lot, okay? A bit. <laughs> we taste test our cake a lot. Like, that's why we know something's went wrong. He went like, all right, Chefy, where do you think you can get a cake the shape of Ratatouille <laughs> in Australia? Yes, exactly. Nowhere. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, so also because of that, that people look at it and went like, well, I'm not going to get that cake anywhere else. So like, yeah, yeah. if that's a price, that's a price. Because mm-hmm. you being on a position where I don't compare ourselves with anyone else. Mm. It's it is great. It's amazing. It's mm-hmm. a ch- it's it's also something that keeps us going. Like yep. okay, what's next? What's next? We yep. have to keep reinvent ourselves. Mm-hmm. So the notion that that we are competing with other pastry chefs something that I don't feel like that. No, we're yeah, just right. you you find your niche and, yep. and stay there. Yeah. yeah. Do, how do you do your ideation on on new products? Is it is it a lot of drawing and all that kind of yes. stuff? Yeah. Right. Yes, a lot of drawings, a lot of because even the process, right? We have to understand that too. Yeah, of course. So, um, in a way that, if I want to make the cake looks like a rat, <laughs> like a ratatouille, <laughs> it has to be something that is quick enough for my team to produce like two hundred of them yeah. at one go. Great point. Right? I mm-hmm. mean, like I cannot. If you go to France, let's talk even on labor costs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in France, like when I work in France. The salary of like ah this is like ages ago right this is like 2010. Mm. The salary of a sous chef over there was 2,100 euros a month. Wow, that's nothing. Yeah, you know like I know it's definitely changed now yes. and things you know yeah. but even comparatively to Australia it was still nothing you know mm. like and but the price of a cake you know over there if you eat um. And this is something that I hope we can do eventually one day here. Yes. If you take away and you eat in, it's different price. Yeah. So if you take away, it's like seven euros, mm. it's like fourteen dollars, and yes. if you eat in, it's thirteen euros. Yes. So that's massive. And people like that's fine. That's how it goes. Um, but their salary is a lot less than us. So that's why I mean, like, I cannot have when I was in Ritz, uh, the brigade was fourteen of us, <laughs> fourteen pastry chefs. Mm-hmm. Right. It's mm-hmm. not going to happen here. Yeah. So how do I get the maximum, you know, result, um, but still respecting the the labor, you know, like the labor law in terms of like the money and also the work yeah. and things like that. My guys come in work at eight in the morning and knock off at four. Yeah. 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 So like at most like at five, you know. Yeah. So it's still pretty good. Nine hours, like that's a great day. That they have to do. Mm-hmm. 
and they got their night times and things like that. They got their public holidays. So it's all about also organizing. So mm -hmm. internally, so you have the skills to produce this, but you need to also have the skill to organize <laughs> to get there. You know, yeah, like of yeah, how how to produce it. The, the yeah the 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 plan and everything and that is something that both my partner and I took this many years to to sort of fine tune and to mm -hmm. to get there. So every time I start something, I develop the look. <laughs> uh, I'll develop the look of it, you know, and things like that, and I'll pass it to my partner, mm -hmm. which is he's really amazing also with flavor. Okay, and that's handy. Yeah, so <laughs> he he developed the flavors. So that's what happened. He will oh, develop wow. the flavors. Okay, and I said like, this is what I wanted to look. Yes, and I think this is how you can make the inside. This is the inside. Da, 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 da. Interesting. And he come up with the flavor, and then he give it back again to me. You know, because he has to be able to replicate it. It's like a Chinese whisperer. If I make mm. something, he replicate it. He has to teach to the guys. You know, mm -hmm. like and has to look the same. Yes. Um, and he replicate it, and then he will give me his feedback. Okay, like oh, to make it look like that, why don't we do this like this like this? Mm -hmm. And then I will taste it, and I was like, why don't we change the taste like this and this? Mm -hmm. So we're really a team. We're That's very great. very great team. Yeah. That's awesome. But to get there, yeah, few tears. It's <laughs> <laughs> always tears to greatness. Yeah. Um, has the events of last year um made you think differently about the business by way of like how many days you trade or like your hours of trade or how many staff you have on and the product range you might have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. In what way? Um, the Not so much, I think, in a city one for yeah. the trading. You yeah. know, like for the trading, we we stick to it in the city. Even mm -hmm. when it was quiet and things like that, we still opened. Um, if the centre set were open till nine, we will, we will open till nine. Interesting. You know, like yeah. That. Um, but the one in, in Windsor, let's say, because the surrounding of the areas, there's so many um, rentals, you know, mm -hmm. and and because of COVID, you know what happened. A lot of people yep. went back to their country or they went back to their parents' place or things like that. So mm -hmm. it's just, and the dynamic of the suburbs changed. Yes, dramatically. Yes. Mm. So when it's in a, and like I said, when it's, it's a shop, when it's a, destinations kind of thing mm -hmm. when something like that change mm. uh you change your, your shop your opening hours so i just realized now like all right so let's just open until until 5 p.m yep. you know, and things we don't have before that we open till 10 p.m wow and then we went like it, it's not necessary this is yeah. like something that we need to change because the, dy the dynamic change um even the safety, you know, of everything changed, you of know, course. like, uh, and then I just said like, no, I'm not going to put some guys there to stick till like, to sit till 10 PM only to make like 200, $300 extra. Yeah. You know, we can make the most of it in the, in the daytime. Yeah. So, yeah. So I did that for the city. Um, we closed when it's, even though they technically said like, oh, you can still do takeaway and things mm -hmm. like that. But let's face it. We are Who's in a shopping to center. City do that? Yeah. We're in a shopping center. If yeah. all the retails around our shop mm. shut, there's no point. Yep. That, but the moment that we are allowed to open, we're open. Yes. As, as long as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So my last question to you, Christy, is like, what are you looking forward to in the next sort of 12, 24 months? Obviously, you, you said at the start of the podcast, like you were going to do this third store, and you decide not to do that. You've got two great sites. You're doing really well. You're we're consulting as well. To, we're going to do the third store, but I mean, like being a consultant, you know, like and also looking at. Um, the industry as a whole, not mm -hmm. just like micro, microscoping it at dessert, but yes. also like the industry as a whole. I'm quite bullish of the next 
24 and 36 months. You right. know, it's going to be a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the spending and the confidence, it's just because there's like the flow of money is trapped yep. you know, here in Australia, yeah. right? And people are going anywhere. Yep. Um, so they need to spend it at one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yes, there is going to be a rotation. So of like where are they going to spend it at? But there's money to spend and mm-hmm. money, to, money to spend, money to earn. Agreed. In a sense. So, um, the, and, and this is before, and also like what we discussed just now about like the fact that they understand the price now. They yes. start to understand the price mm-hmm. and that's brilliant. That's yeah. teaching people to do mm-hmm. it. And this is before like the tourists and the students came back. So I'm quite bullish at that department. Yep. But what's for sure for the next 24 to 30, 20, at least immediately for the next 12 months, there will be quite a shortage of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think everybody knows that. That's something that is going to be a, a problem. But the benefit of being small business owners, you know, like is that you are used to rolling up your sleeve and doing yep. things yourself. Yeah. So when there's nobody there to do the shifts in the Emporium, like mm. to, to make coffee and wipe table, I'll be there. You know, yes. like that's, that's not something that I'm worried about to, no. to do, you know. Yeah. So I guess the trend for the next 12 months is for people to um, – Roll up your sleeve, go back to basics, start to start to look into yourself what this is a good time to stock take of the skills you do not have and Great improving point. it, improving it at a time. You were given the time to do so that when the time, um, when it's going to get busy again, and it will, mm-hmm. uh, you're well prepared yep. for it. Yeah, stock take on your skills, stock take on your, like your, the way your supply chain, the way you do um, your products, you know, like, and things like that. Um, yeah. 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 Get your forward. operations right. Get your operation <laughs> right. Get ready because like, if there's anything that is trialing will be this time where it's like, stop, go, stop, go, stop, go. And if you can survive that, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. And then you'll scale. And you scale. Exactly. I can't wait to do more stores. This is so, <laughs> this is so exciting. I'm glad we're talking to this part of your journey because I know it's going to be, it's, oh, it's just a fait accompli, right? Thank you. Um, so thanks for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks, what, Sean. What's the best way that people can find out about Glass A and, and visit you guys? Well, I mean, like, there's Windsor. There's mm-hmm. the shop in Windsor. There's the shop in Emporium. A third shop is coming up. We're still scouting for some. We have some few spots that we're looking at. Nice. Um, the best way, of course, through, like, our Instagram. I mean, like, that social media. That's that's actually the skill that I'm trying to improve right now. You know, like... It's tricky, um, right? Yeah, on the digital mm-hmm. marketing site. But... Mm-hmm. You never stop growing. And then, um, yeah, that's the area, I think. Fantastic. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Cool. Thank you so much, Sean. Have a good day. My pleasure. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Principal Hospitality, the podcast. I hope you really enjoyed the episode. As always, please comment, like, and share this podcast with your friends in the industry. We are making this content uh, content with the industry in mind, so we really appreciate your feedback and sharing it along. Thanks as well to our major supporter, the largest family-owned and operated hospitality supplier in Australia, Chef's Hat, where the industry shops. And if you don't know us at Poe, Sash, my co-founder from Principal Design, has one of the best design agencies in Australia. So if you're looking for anything around strategy, branding, digital design, wayfinding and graphical design then you can find them at principaldesign.com.au and myself open pantry consulting for anything to do with systems and processes to make your business run smoothly thanks for tuning in thanks to chef tat for supporting us and until next time stay safe